Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of the Wine and Chisme podcast, a podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from marginalized and communities of color doing remarkable things, all while sipping on a glass of wine. I'm your host, Jessica Yanez. This is part two of my conversation with my friend, Pam Covarubias. We literally start off right where we left off, so I highly suggest you listen to part one as Pam spilled a lot of chisme. So grab your glass of wine and join us for part two of the chisme. So, but you already were, so you were starting the podcast, but it wasn't for the podcast because you were also doing this other stuff, right? Like consulting or you I was in corporate. Right. No, no, no. I'm saying from, from corporate, were you already starting to consult at that point or no? I mean, I always had a side gig, but I exited without a, a exit strategy. Yeah. I left without an exit strategy. Like I literally put my two week, I was like, I'm done. Put my two week notice and was done. So what was, once you put in your two-week notice, where were you, like, focusing your energy to be able to I move was forward? very confused. This is why I do what I do now, because I know people truly need support. So before I left, my former boss at the time, I went to pick up my last check, and he was like, so what are you, what's your next move? And I was like, I'm going to work for myself. What's up, you know? And he's like, well, well, good for you. I just want to tell you that it's hard. It's not easy. Good for you for wanting to do it. And if you make it, that means that you got grit, Pam. And I know you got it, right? So one thing I will say, if you allow me to, is invest in yourself. So the first thing you want to do when you make a little, when you cover your bills, is invest in yourself. And I was like, all right. But I really look up to this man because he taught me a lot about business, a Mm -hmm. lot about business. A lot of the things I know about business came from him. And I got to witness him investing in himself because he invested in me when I was under him. He would take me to masterminds. He would take me, sometimes he wouldn't be able to go to his coaching calls and I would take place sometimes, you know. So I saw the value of truly investing in someone that supports you. I was going to say, that means he obviously believes in you or else he wouldn't have even done that. Correct. And so... So I really kept that in the back of my head, like invest in yourself, because I do believe in personal growth. I mean, my whole journey has been about growing. And so the moment I could, I invested in a coach and that really gave me a lot of accountability because it wasn't me just like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Because that happened two weeks after, after the two weeks I woke up and I rolled out of my bed and I was at work and it was like, Okay, (laughs) now what? (laughs) So really investing in a coach allowed me to to 
to push myself to believe in my business, to truly believe that I'm a business owner. And I had to, I had to hire three different coaches. And the very last one, she, Lisa, she, I was doing brand strategy then. And she was like, Pam, you know, you're coaching, right? And I'm like, nope, I'm not. I'm a brand strategist. I help people align their brand to their values so they can use their voice. They can own their story as a brand. I'm a brand strategist. And she's like, okay, but you know, you're coaching, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to become a coach because I live in San Diego, which is the land of the coaches. Everyone's a coach here. I'm not going to be one more. I'm not. And if you know me, one thing about Pam is that she goes the opposite way that everyone is going. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And so... You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Bye. <laughs> <Pero. Yeah. laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> so I resisted it a lot. And she was like, you can call yourself whatever you want. You are still coaching. You're supporting small businesses. You're supporting your clients. It's a form of coaching. You don't have to call yourself a coach. And it took me, I mean, it was a belief that I had to overcome. And then I got my life coaching certification. So I'm, I'm a certified life coach. I got my EFT training. You know, I do crystal healing, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, I realized that my mission is to help people find their voice so they can own their story. But you do it different with your Power Sisters method. So it's mm-hmm. totally different than anything else. You know, I'm lucky I've got to see some of the back end <laughs> stuff and everything. But why don't you explain like what makes the Power Sisters method different because I think like I said normally when you have a coach I have a coach right it's very one-on-one and it's and sometimes they have like group coaching you know places of group coaching but what you do with power sisters is just totally not what you would think so why don't you kind of explain what the power sisters power sisters is awesome so it's my power sisters came about because I'm a recovering procrastinator and my which I always love when you say that (laughs) I'm a recovering procrastinator yes I'm a recovering procrastinator and a reform people pleaser which you know it's always a work in progress so this is why I put boundaries (laughs) (laughs) so with power sisters my first power sister is my best friend Megan and she became my power sister because I wanted to run and I'm sure people have heard the story like plenty of times before. I, I'm not a runner. I don't even, I don't think I know how to properly run. I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, I always get shin splints. And she was like, how do you run? And I told her, and she was like, Mm-mm, wrong. And I'm like, well, see, I don't know how to run. So <laughs> when I was in college, I was like, I need to move my body. Cause I've always been, I, I, I wouldn't say athletic cause I'm not athletic, but I always move. Like I, I've always danced. I've always done some form of exercise so in college because I lived in such a tiny town there were no dance studios for adults all dance studios were for children and I'm like I mean I'm not gonna be this grown-ass woman like dance with three-year-olds <laughs> in my tutu you know <laughs> I would hate to see that <laughs> right like not doing it so those very frustrating so I was like okay I need to be do prepared something. for your birthday right <laughs> <laughs> Like ballerina. <laughs> so I didn't want to go to um, the college gym because it's filled with football players and it's done. Like I was, I had yeah. all these stories around why I didn't want to do it. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll run. So I told Meg I wanted to run and she was like, yeah, let's run. And Megan's mom is a runner. So even if she wasn't a runner, she became a runner because she had a model at home that would, you know, be, I did it. Yeah. 
And so more times than not, I was like, I want to do it. I want to go. I don't. I just don't want to go. I don't feel like going. I don't want to run. Run is, running is boring. It's annoying. My shin splits hurt. My feet hurt. I run out of breath. No. And so she wouldn't take no for an answer. And she would come to my door with her running gear all on. And she'd be like, we're going. Get off the couch. We're going to go. Because if you don't go, then I'm going to stay home in the couch and chill. And I don't want to do that. And I'm not going by myself. I'm not going without you. And so she taught me, like she was my first power sister who really committed to me so much that she wouldn't do it unless I did. So that she became my first power sister. And after that, I kept looking for power sisters because I realized that unless as a, as a procrastinator, I have a lot of story, which now I know what procrastination is truly. But at the time I didn't, I just, I was like, I, I'm just the, the mujer del mañana. I'm just the woman of tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. So if, when I have a power sister, then she waiting for me to do it. You know, it's not on me only. And integrity is very important. So with what we do in power sisters is I pair you up with your own power sister. So you can have someone that responds to you or that you respond to. So you hold each other accountable and you're committed, committed to each other like Meg was committed to me. And it came a time when, when Megan didn't want to go. And I, I would be like, oh, mm-mm. she got me out of the couch. I'm going to get her out of the couch. <laughs> you know, like, so it became this fun way of making things done, making like getting things done and making things happen. So what we do in Power Sisters is that is we do group coaching once a month. And then we you get paired up with your own Power Sister. You talk to her every month. I mean, every week. So I teach you how to do the actual power sister meeting that I came up with years later. And we have a lot of fun. It's, it's filled with a lot of awesome community healing. We do tapping inside power sisters. You get one-on-one time with me. Now we do coaching and sit in there. It's, it's fun. Honestly, I've learned a lot from you when it comes to boundaries, mm-hmm. when it comes, because I've had to create a lot of boundaries more so since I've moved to San Diego than any other time in my life. Interesting. Yeah. And it's, I think a lot of it has to do with the people that I've met here. And even though I grew up here, I grew up in North County, right? So even a lot of my friends there don't necessarily go through the same things and and don't necessarily have the same types of people that I've met here. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, it's been really, really interesting. And so when I've talked to my my best friend Mimi, right, when I've talked to her about everything that I talk about of, of my people that I've considered real friends here, you know, like the new friends, like I consider you a, a real friend to me because you also don't let people get away with anything. And you're the type <laughs> of person because you've done it to me <laughs> where I'll say something and you're like, so how does that serve you? I'm like, fuck, why you got to ask me that? <laughs> All right. Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cause that's a true friend. That's a true friend. Who's not going to let you, just sit on your ass. You've, you have inadvertently been a power sister to me. There you go. And I think it's so good. What do you, I, we were talking about lim, limiting limitations earlier. What do you feel like people are most scared of and limit themselves to? A lot, a lot. I think when it comes to getting things done, because I talk a lot about productivity And I talk a lot about mindful productivity, so let's make that clear, because I will be the first person that 
will say, go take a nap if you need a nap. Because if you even if you're tired, if you're falling asleep and you try to get something done, you're not gonna get it done. Let's be real. Yeah. So go take a nap if you need it. So from what I have seen that people procrastinate, but because I talk about procrastination a lot, it's fear of success. It's like which I have it myself, right? Like for, for a long time, I've had power sisters since February and the new power sisters. Now they're like, why am I just not knowing about this? And I'm like, yeah, because I hit it. I don't want it to blow up because what, like when it blows up, I'm not ready for it. Right. So limiting beliefs come in all kinds of stories. And it really, it truly is about the story that you have in your head about whatever it is. Like I had a limiting belief that you couldn't make money being an illustrator. Therefore I didn't make it. I didn't pursue that. I had a limiting belief that you can, being in radio wasn't like a quote, quote, career that I could pursue. So limiting beliefs come in all shapes, forms, and stories. It really is. And with tapping, it's a lot of fun to uncover them. Tapping, kind of explain tapping. I've done, you've walked me through tapping because you can use it for a lot of different things, Mm -hmm. right? So kind of explain what tapping is or EFT, what that is to people and how that can help you, I don't know, open your own mind or help with pain? Like, kind of explain that. So tapping, it stand, it's EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques. It's the official term. It came around 1995, so it's a new practice. It came as a what I would call an, an energetic download to Gary Craig, and he basically got this this message that was like, this is for you to share to, the, to humanity, and basically, it's rooted in meridian, meridian points in your body. And the mer- meridian points come from Chinese medicine, Mayan medicine, and, and Indian medicines, Ayurvedic medicine. And all of those ancient medicines, they use meridian points in their body. Some of them are different. Some of them are the same. But they still all believe that our body is the circuit to, I mean, it is a circuit to our nervous system, which connects to our brain, which then in turn connects to our internal reality that reflects our external world. And so what we do with tapping, you use your fingers, you tap on meridian points in your body, and that the tapping on the meridian points sends this, because we're tapping on their nervous system, so it sends this energetic signal to your brain to create new neuropathways. And those neuropathways either can clear a belief and at the same time can create a new one. So while it's also rooted in in the meridian points, it also uses principles of NLP, which is neurolinguistic programming. So as we use our voice, we are creating neuropathways that are, that are forming into new ways of making our brain believe the new thing that we want to insert. At the same time, as we tap on our body, because it's such a somatic practice, it's very physical, then we can reduce pain. We can reduce anxiety. We can, and I'm not, I don't want to claim any medical things because I don't want to, but it really, it's, it's a great tool to help with anything that we're feeling in our body. I mean, I've overcome procrastination, limited beliefs, money mindset, you name it, anxiety, depression. I mean, a lot of things with cramps. Yeah, (laughs) girl. Okay, like, I mean, I don't know. I haven't really talked about it, and I'm sure there'll be a whole episode Mm -hmm. on that. But you see, like, every month how, like, my cycle just knocks me out. 
and you're like, come over, we're going to do tapping. Let's tap about it. it. And literally that day when we were doing it, I wasn't feeling anything, but I get what you're saying because you're, you're saying it like, accept what it is, right? It hurts. You want it gone, blah, blah, blah. And then you're creating your new narrative as you're tapping, Uh right? Uh And every time, then after a couple of times, you're like, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? And that day, honestly, I was like, this is not fucking working. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. What the fuck? I know. You were like, I'm in so much pain, Pam. I'm in so much And I'm like, that's good. <laughs> Keep feeling the pain. Because you have to feel the pain. Yeah. In order to clear it. And the next day, what'd I tell you? Don't feel the cramps that bad. <laughs> it like lifted so much when normally my cramps can actually last longer than my actual period. And this time, the fact that it, like they were manageable. I could actually leave the house. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe this one. <laughs> maybe Pam's on to something here. <laughs> Can we do it again? Well, and that's the beauty. That's why I love tapping because you don't have to believe in it. You don't. Like I have tapped with so many skeptics. I remember one of my power sisters, one of the power sisters in my in my group, and I I love her. She's one of my faves. All of them are my faves. Let's let's make that. <laughs> but with with her, the first time we, the very first time she tapped, she like we started and she was like, wait, but better, why are we saying this? And I'm like, okay, so I explained, and she's like, but why? And I'm like, okay, biggest skeptic ever. But now she loves tapping because she didn't have to believe in it in order for it to work. Yeah, it's. It's not something that you have to believe in. Your brain, you're you're programming your brain with your body, which is amazing. Well, and it wasn't even that I wasn't going to believe because I've opened up so much. I think you've actually also helped me open my eyes to gifts I already knew I had, but I had been really closed off to for a long time. And you're asking me questions. You're like, no, you are. No, yes, you're this. Or you're, no, yes. Yes, you have a gift. Yes, you're impact. Yes, you're the, you're like you're like you just need to open up to it. It'll come and it'll, you know. So you've helped me a lot in that aspect too and I think that's really helped me. Now I realize why you really set your boundaries. Because I didn't before. Mm. You know, I wanted to say yes to everything and everyone. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, mm, and this whole time and you You've said it yourself. I'm like an extroverted extrovert. I'm kind of off the charts. <laughs> so the first like few weeks of this whole thing was very hard for me. Of this whole quarantine, of this whole pandemic was extremely, extremely hard for me. But something happened where I, something shifted, where I le- started, not that I didn't enjoy my time by myself. That's why I live alone. <laughs> That's why I live by myself. Because I do enjoy my time by myself, but you know, it was always still always around so many people and having to really shrink that to either myself or very few people. It was scary Mm -hmm. because I think you don't want to necessarily face yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I liked myself. I enjoy my like company. I'm great company to myself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like something shifts when you're when you have to face yourself in a whole different way because you can't get lost in the crowd. Yes. And that over the last few weeks has really shifted for me. And I think and you know in doing the tapping 
Now, there's a whole other thing we need to do tapping for, but that's neither here nor <laughs> we'll there. there. We'll get there. But, but that was one of the, like you said, not like saying and accepting whatever is happening right now as you're tapping. Because I think sometimes, and you were asking questions that I necessarily wasn't thinking when I was having cramps because I couldn't think. Correct. So having somebody else ask that from me, even though I'm like literally grinning and like... <clears throat> As we're doing, and I feel it. like the pain increased when we tapped. It did totally, and you did. were like mad. You were like, "It's it's it's harder now, Pam." And I'm like, "Good," because that means that you're you are acknowledging the pain, and the pain is coming out of your body, but it can't come out of your body unless it's there, yeah. right? And so I was like, "Feel it," and you were hit, and I and I mean, hey, like please hate me at the time, which is fine, <laughs> but then that allowed us to then the next day be like okay now we released it yeah it's out of your body so now like sometimes i'm in bed and i feel it start coming on and i'm start tapping <laughs> i'm like oh let's go <laughs> you know <laughs> right. let's get rid of it <laughs> yes, yes. and sometimes it does get worse. you know there's been times where like it just it like i feel like i catch it right just in time mm-hmm. and then there's sometimes where it just it gets really bad but then the next day it's not like it definitely has helped so I the fact that you can be a skeptic and mm-hmm. it, like I said, it wasn't necessarily me being skeptic, but just no, in that moment, pain. yeah, I was in fucking pain. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I was, I would think I was crying you during, crying. I was so much pain. And another thing that's cool about tapping is that I'm, I'm regulated as we're tapping. So I was tapping with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so it didn't, it doesn't, you can be cursing at me and you can be like, oh my gosh, I like fucking hate you right now. And I, I because I'm tapping, I'm like, okay. That's fine. Because I know that it's not at me. Yeah. You know, it's at the practice that we are doing. I didn't say I hated you. I said I hate the cramps. I said, I hate these fucking cramps. (laughs) Right. Right. Which is, it's fine. And I didn't, I mean, I also don't take things personally. I don't. Because I, 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 one thing that I've understood is that everyone is, it has their own battle. And so some people, when people don't like me, I know because it's because I'm marrying something that they don't like about themselves. And I'm like, that sucks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dang. I just came here to show you something. What do you feel like you want to see come up, not only of Power Sisters, but all the different things? Or where do you feel like your strength lies? Because obviously you have podcasts, you have Power Sisters, you have um, your healing stuff. Like, where do you feel your strength lies or do you just feel like it, it just meshes all so integrally that I can't even, I don't even know if I spelled that right. Damn wine is right. <laughs> or have you just managed to just link all those so succinctly at this point that it just, everything rolls one thing into another. Cause that's kind of how I feel like you are anyways. Yeah, I think, I mean, it took me a while. I definitely had my finger and my fingers on a lot of things. And I had to really, it all came down to my true strengths. And three of my strengths are in relationship building. So using my strengths, I was like, okay, so how can I execute the best? Because speaking of executing, I'm not an executor. I'm I'm a strategist or a relationship builder. Those are my two two strengths, Mm -hmm. like my two pillars of strengths. My execution is like, this is why I hire people. This is why people on my team. This is why I have an assistant that takes care of all the people, all the things that have to deal with all the things because Mm -hmm. 
I suck at email. If you've sent me an email, you have to text me to check it. I do. Right. <laughs> Man, I don't, te- I don't, I don't send it. you very many emails, but if I send you an email, I'm like, did you, hey, email, did you send did you get my email? And I'm like, no. Nope. Oh, wait, yeah, I just did. <laughs> oh, yeah, you right said now. something. Because I'm not, I'm not that person. And so I really had to take a deep dive into who I am, same way that I take a deep, that I guide my clients to take deep dives and really figure out what it is that I, that I thrive in doing. And what I thrive in doing is really building relationships and helping people use their voice. And so while I do the tapping, the strategy and the coaching, all of them surround around helping people using their voice and even the podcast Mm -hmm. with the podcast, I, I create a space for people to speak their truth and own their story. And so I think we got to the point where right now it's, I'm really executing in my mission, even though I'm I'm not an executor. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want to make sure I point out when we're talking about the podcast, you have been, you were on the Oprah Magazine online version as one of the top Latinx podcasts. Cause we did like, I think it came out the morning we were going somewhere. I don't know, but I I know I ugly cried, (laughs) (laughs) which you should. That's such like a huge honor. And then during Latinx heritage month, you were named as one of the top podcasters mm-hmm. on Apple. Mm-hmm. So you're really like, you're really being recognized for your hard work. How does that feel like knowing you work so hard and now you're being recognized on really large levels when it comes to the podcast? Well, it didn't happen until I believed in myself because I was doing it, but I had doubts. Mm-hmm. So until I was like, okay, this is, I really like Pam, you're doing something right here. That's when all of that recognition started happening. So it feels amazing. And that's also a lesson for me to say, when you really believe in what you're doing, that's when the magic happens. Because you can, I, I did for a long time. Yeah. I, I was, I was turning podcast episodes like for a while and I was like, well, I'm, I'm doing it, but I'm kind of doing it. I was hiding. And so it wasn't until I believed in myself and I truly stopped thinking about what other people were doing or what other people were thinking that that's the hard that's really hard because that's where I'm at right now look at cares about what people like nobody pays your bills (laughs) I mean really true and so that's when I was like you know I don't care what La Vecina is doing or not doing Mm -hmm. that's her problem I need to focus on what I'm doing and, and how I'm going to believe in myself to keep it up because my why is not her why or her why. Yeah. My why is deeper than whatever other people think. And so if I do it from my heart, which I'm a 100% heart center brand, then the magic will come. And speaking of Oprah magazine, I was, I was actually, this, this happened on a power sisters call because the topic of comparison came right. And and for and, and letting go, actually, we, we July was the month of letting go. And so we were talking about things that you could let go. And I was like, you know, for a while I had this, like, I want to be in Forbes. Like, I want to be, like, featured in Forbes and blah, blah, blah. And I let go of that because what is what good is that going to do? Like, what good thing is going to do for others? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like, clout, maybe? Like, I can say that I was in Forbes. And I let that go. And I... I'm not in Forbes yet. Yes. Yet. Yet. And it will happen when it's supposed to. And one of the power sisters, she was like, you let go of being in Forbes, but you got an Oprah. And I was like, oh, OMG. (laughs) (laughs) 
because that's also what happens when you hold on to things so tightly. Yeah. It's like that saying of holding a bird, like when you like suffocate it, it's like, ah, I want to get out, I want to get out. But when you open your hand and you let that just sit there peacefully, calmly with love, with kindness, it will stay there. But when you're like just obsessed, then things don't happen. Just letting it flow. So it feels, I mean, it feels good. It feels, it feels better to know that more people are hearing people's stories that I'm sharing. It feels better to know that people are being inspired. It feels better to get the messages from the people saying, Hey, I can't wait for you to share the episode with this person. I know you interviewed them or this episode changed my life. I was in this space and now because this person did this, they really gave me hope. That feels better because it really emphasizes what I do, which is helping helping people find their voice. Do you feel like you still have limiting beliefs? And what do you think? Of course. Right what is your? What do you feel like your limiting beliefs are right now? Um, growing my business. I think. Let me think. Cause I've been working on mine a little bit, and I thought about one this morning, and I was like, "Ooh, that's where it is." I think. I definitely have them. So, I mean, I think one is handling a lot of power sisters. How many do you have? Like, at what you mean during one type of session thing or? Well, just having them, a ton of them in my program. And so my my limited belief, I guess, comes from, it's the fear of maybe disappointment of them, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, like saying it out loud is like, you're like, fucking bullshit like, stop it <laughs> <laughs> but it is like when you have it sometimes first you need to say it right mm-hmm. you can't sometimes we say it and we're like really that's what it is and really mm-hmm. <laughs> like you we hear it ourselves when we say it and you're like okay that sounds really stupid you know a limiting belief that i had recently that i worked through a lot and i and it i mean i love it so and i shared it with power sisters because it's like you have to let go of your bullshit mm-hmm. so for a long time I have actually, I've owned Apple stuff since the first iPhone came out. Mm-hmm. So, which is a problem, but whatever. <laughs> we'll deal with that one. What do we do? So, <laughs> I mean, I have a Mac, I have an iPad, you know, like I have an iPhone. So the AirPods came out and I was like, oh my gosh, I really want them. And then the AirPods Pro came out and I was like, I really want them because they have noise canceling and all this BS. And... For some reason, I didn't believe worthy of them. So what I did was I bought these stupid, like, I had like six pairs of wireless headphones with wire, without wire, Bluetooth, like, with like the ones that are connected to each other, the ones that come with a case, the ones that that charge themselves in the case. Yeah. And I looked, like, I was like, okay, because when it came to like taking a phone call, I would choose the ones that would work for phone calls and then I would choose the ones that would work for music or walking my dog and I'm like what are you doing so I really had to look like take a step back and be like okay ma'am you've spent more I was about to ask than how you much would did you spend do? in the fucking airpods <laughs> than choosing stupid air- headphones that are like you feel broke I, I felt very broke in this like broke is meaning like poor yeah because I the quality sucked I wasn't able to have phone calls, you know, like all these, like every time I had to pick some headphones, I would dread this, the, the time because I'm like, okay, so is it these or these or like, what do I need to do with them? Like, it's just a mess. 
So the I realized I tapped, and I was like, so what is this limiting belief around fucking headphones? Like, really? But this is where they're sneaky because they come in things that you're like, what? So I felt not worthy of having a nice pair of AirPods Pro. Uh-huh. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself to some AirPods Pro. And I'm going to spend the $250, $250 on some headphones because I'm worth it. And I bought myself some AirPods and they... You know, they do the engravings. They yeah. stay shining. And I love them. And I use them every day. And now I feel so badass because I can talk on the phone with them. Yay! <laughs> yeah. And it's such, it's such a minimal, superficial thing. Mm-hmm. But the, the underlining issue is that I was wasting time, money, and resources and energy in something so trivial Yeah, that I could have solved in the beginning. But because I didn't feel worthy of them, because... Because to me, I was like, oh, who am I to spend $250 on headphones? I'll spend it on a phone because it's more functional. Right. I'll spend it on a computer because it helps me do my job. But a pair of headphones, I mean, you can just use the ones that the phone comes with and it will work. Like, it's a luxury almost. Yeah. But I'm worth fucking luxury. Yes, you are, girl. But that was a limited belief that I had that I had to work through. Ah. Uh, what? Okay. <laughs> no, I love that because... You know, I have to, I think all of us, right? We have these things that well, we don't- it's very hidden. We don't think about them as a limiting belief. Correct. You just think of it as, oh, I just, I can't afford it, or I don't want this, or I don't right. want this, or, you know, we, we constantly make it, oh, I don't need that right now, mm-hmm. or whatever. But when you turn it, mm-hmm. we're really saying, like, I don't feel worthy of that. Because uh-huh. I even, like, I will go shopping, and I'll look at something. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. And I'll look at the price. But it's not, not a that sale. Cute. Not that cute. <laughs> right. And, but if you, you know, but is it really like, I really don't think that? Or am I just telling myself I'm not worthy to spend that type of money on myself? And I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. So think about it next time you go shopping. You're in you all my fucking thoughts, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Like, oh, yes. Pat. Like, you have infiltrated my life, girl. I hope in a good way. <laughs> in a, uh, yes, in obviously a very good way. And I am so appreciative to you for that. Um, what is something that can always make you smile no matter what? Oh, Mama Earth. The mountains. You're very much a nature person. And I wasn't, you know, I was such a city person. I, I used to claim to be, I'm a city girl. That's what I say. I'm a city girl. But I do like doing that stuff. Right. And like David has really pushed you myself into becoming a nature person. But I mean, I tell him all the time, like, I didn't like, I, you don't know what you don't, what you don't know. And, mm-hmm. I, and having grown up with a single mom and a, an absent dad, because even though I grew up with my dad, he wasn't really there and that's a whole another podcast right <laughs> so I didn't have that father figure like my best friend always she would tell me like oh yeah my dad taught me how to how to change my oil or even my niece right now I was like we're gonna go get an oil change and she was like oh you can tell daddy to teach you he taught me how to do it and I'm like I didn't have a daddy to oh, teach me girl that's so sweet <laughs> your so, niece and nephew are freaking crack me up every time they're on your stories they're so funny so because I didn't, I didn't have, like, my mom, literally, she was providing for her three children. 
when we were little. And so we didn't have like, oh, we're going to go camping on vacation. Also, my mom is not a camping person. And if we went on vacation, it was like, let's go to a hotel and a pool because it's just easy. Yeah. And when I went camping with David, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Where has this been all my life? His family is like camping and stuff too. They do. They do a lot of, I mean, they, they're from the Midwest. And so they're very much, we went to Colorado one time and we did like. I'm just thinking of the list that, you're, that his mom said. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's very interesting to date a white man because white people just operate different in many ways. And so. So what have you found? Because you've dated like. Pretty broad spectrum. <laughs> Give me the nationality, I'll tell you, yes and no. But what do you but I always feel like dating another person of color versus dating a white person is very, very different. Mm-hmm. So what have you found in your relationship with David that has been like very that you've really kind of had to get used to that you weren't prepared for? Privilege privilege for sure and he's very much an, a very aware man and we've had we have these conversations all the time because I don't recall a story specifically right now but there's been things that he said something the other day and I was like oh really white privileged man you're at the top of the hierarchy and you're really gonna tell me that bullshit and he was like you're right I have no space to talk and so Dating a white man, and I think I'm going to do a blog post or a podcast about it because dating a white man, it's it's almost like also in in the in the people of color community, it's almost like shameful, right? Like, oh, you dating a white man? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's also it used to be like this this like such wrongful saying of like mejor la raza, right? Like you would you go like to, to the your, white yeah. person to to make to become whiter because we are, we live in such a colonized white supremacist society but i think now the way i look at it is i'm educating him every day and he knows that i walk into a room he walks into a room and he's going to be acknowledged first yet he gives me the space to talk first and i also fucking own it you know <laughs> like i'm like no 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 I'm going to make the decision. He's just here. <laughs> like, we're all good He's decoration. <laughs> I'm paying the bill. Okay. And he, I mean, he's very much a feminist, intersectional feminist man. We have found definitely things that we don't agree with that he's found. A, he's like, okay, I, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. Right. And so. I think if it wasn't for me, then he wouldn't have explored because he would have stayed in his white man world. And he's very much aware now that, for example, a funny story is he works, he does construction. And so he, he has a team of, of guys and most of them are brown guys. And so he's always like, every time I get there, they're playing like their mariachi music. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not mariachi, first of all. <laughs> But yeah, they're playing music because that's what we do. We play music. Then another thing is the one I remember one time I laughed so much. He was like, "Why do your people always like share their lunch? Like we we go out to lunch and they're like <laughs> <laughs> they bring out their containers and they're like put them in the middle and everyone's like buffet style and I'm like that's weird. Like, that's what we do. <laughs> you know? And he's like, yeah, Pam, that's weird. Like, I have my lunch. It's for myself. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny because, like, you, girl, you know how I am. Right. 
you know I'm always wanting to feed you and anybody else. But even at work, I'm like taking the guys lunch. I'm like, oh, I need this. And they all, and then one of the guys will bring breakfast. Oh my, you know, I picked up breakfast. We're constantly doing that. And then I'll tell you, hey, I'm going to make this. Come over. You ready? You ready? Totally. So I had to explain. Oh my gosh. Hilarious, right? And I'm like, what? Why why is it weird? Like, I hope you sat with them and you shared lunch. Like you're breaking bread together. And he's like, no, I went to my office. <laughs> I ate my lunch by myself. And I'm like, you're so wrong. So, I mean, yeah, we do have a lot of differences. His family is very Republican and we have really fun conversations, which it also has pushed me to, to stand my ground and say, look, because I had, I had this limited belief that I had to respond to the white man. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the universe put me a white man in front of me so I could not be triggered anymore. And so, and even with his dad, you know, when he's like, oh, so you're voting for the Democratic Party, huh? You know, I, I, sometimes I have to be like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm exhausted. Like, let's just eat dinner. Yeah. How about that? And sometimes I engage in the conversation, but it's really, I mean, I think it's fun. I've dated people of color and it's also a lot of fun, especially black people, because we have a lot of things in common and then we laugh. And like, oh, you do this? We do this. Yeah. It's similar but different, you know? Wait, how long do... I did not know Tripas and Chitlins were the same thing until I was like <laughs> in my 20s. I didn't know they were the same thing. They're the same thing. Tripas and Chitlins are the same things. I was maybe like late 20s. And I don't even know what I was... And I was like, what are Chitlins? Like, because I would hear my friends talk about it. And some people liked them. Some people didn't. And when they told me, they were, I was like... Try like three pass, and they're like, "What the hell are three pass?" <laughs> and I'm like, "You know, it's the, the you know." And I start describing it because right. there's just certain things that I never learned the English word for, right? Right. right? Even though I'm not first generation, <laughs> we just there were certain things we just never said in English. Right. So when I found out, yes, now you know, chitlins and three pass are the same thing, and I'm like, "Oh, so yeah, it's gross, and whatever you call it is disgusting, and it stings <laughs> up the entire house." My dad likes to fry them up, and then the house smells for days. It's so gross. That's funny. <laughs> when I used to eat animals, I would go to the – and this is in Mexico City. So there's, like, places on the street that you eat them from. So you mm-hmm. don't have to deal with stinking up your house. <laughs> <laughs> you buy them from someone. <laughs> so we always start and bookend with the wine. So what is your favorite type of wine, red, white, or rosé, mm-hmm. and do you have a specific kind? Mm-hmm. I used to love red wine until I didn't. <laughs> I can tell the story if you want. But then I move on to white wine. And I feel like now, I mean, I, I drink red again. It took me a few years to, to touch a red wine again because it was just like, bleh. I moved into, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Sauvignon Blanc actually, but Chardonnay, it's kind of like an easy white wine. I'm in this like rosé face for some reason. I don't know why, because I don't like pink, which is, I find it very ironic, <laughs> but I'm in this, like, I feel like I'm in this rosé space and I stopped truly drinking a long time ago. Yeah. So I don't like just go buy one, but I think so when you're with me, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, because every time we're together, we are drinking. I'm like, okay, I'll take some, but you're really going to have a rosé for me. <laughs> That's what friends are for, girl. Right. You know me well. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm a nervous yeah. kind of kick right now. Well, Pam, 
I'm so happy we finally did this. It took forever and ever. I was thinking it was going to be like the first 15 and then number 20. And now like now at least, you know, it's 30. And I just want to say like, I like 30. Yeah, 30. But I just want to say like how appreciative I am to have your friendship. Like, I don't even, and I don't think I ever told you this before today, like how much of a catalyst in my life you have been in the most positive way possible. (laughs) (laughs) And I appreciate you and I appreciate, you know, the things that you just do because you just, you really just emanate such shining light as to, (laughs) (laughs) but you, but you really do. And I know how much like, not knowing really who you were when I met you and then just hearing, like, it makes me just like, oh, wow. Like, it, I think you're just an amazing person and I appreciate you so much. Thank and I appreciate, you. like, our friendship, so. Thank you. Cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs> you need to pour again. I know. I still have a little bit, people. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll pour, I'll pour. But until next time, mi gente, saludos. Thank you for listening to the conclusion of my conversation with Pam in this episode of the Wine and Cheese My Podcast. For more information on Pam, we have linked all of her information in the show notes. And if you haven't already, tune into her podcast, Cafe Con Pam, on your favorite listening platform. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Cheese My, please subscribe, rate, and review. Five star ratings are always appreciated, and positive reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, mi gente, saludos.